You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania. Hey, it's Amanda. Hey, it's Grace. Hey, it's Chelsea. And today we are going to talk about Tony Sharpless. Now, I, um, everyone knows that I'm a huge Facebook person. I, um, had been posting in one of my local groups that I absolutely love, and so many people had asked for this case, so I'm finally doing it. So this is for all of you. Now, Tony Lee Sharpless was a vibrant woman from Chester County. She went missing August 22nd, 2009, and her case still baffles investigators to this day. She was last seen leaving a party in Lower Marion and basically disappeared without a trace. Tony definitely struggled in her life. It was not easy. She was a single mother to a daughter since the age of 17, and she was diagnosed young with bipolar disorder. And with that, she also got caught up in drugs and alcohol, um, which I have read is kind of a common thing for people with mental illness, unfortunately. Um, In 2008, she was arrested and convicted of driving while intoxicated. The following year, she spent nine months in a rehab, and now her parents were, like, a huge part of her life, Um, you know, as, like, a single parent or even just parents. Having a village sometimes is really important to, like, get through your day-to-day, even if it's just not family or friends. But her parents helped her out all the time. Her dad died when she was young in an accident when she was six, and her mom kind of immediately got married again to her stepfather, who was Peter. Her mom was Donna, and they both loved her tremendously, not only just her, but her daughter as well. And Tony was living with them in West Brandywine Township when she disappeared along with her daughter. So after rehab, she wanted to kind of get her life back on track, and Tony would tell anyone that her daughter was her motivation to do better, as I think most parents, that's usually their motivation. But anyway, and she really wanted to be clean for her, which can really be a hard thing for someone that's not only battling a drug addiction, but mental illness. Um, So she worked very hard to get better. Tony also wanted to be a nurse and she worked as a nursing assistant at a rehabilitation center to save up money for school. She managed her schedule and medication methodically and successfully graduated with a nursing degree in 2007 from Immaculata University. She landed her first job as a nurse at the Lancaster General Hospital, obviously in Lancaster, PA, and she was placed in the infectious disease ward. The night that Tony disappeared, she had made plans to meet up with an old friend who was named Crystal John. This was a huge concern for the family because the family said that they had a huge falling out previously, like a long time ago, like almost a decade ago, and they really hadn't been in contact since. The Creebles, Tony's parents, viewed Crystal as a poor influence because she had a record from 2005 when she pleaded guilty to two counts of harassment. Now, even though they aired out their thoughts, Tony was like, eh, I'm still going. I mean, obviously this woman works hard. She kind of just wants to have a night out. And the plan was that they were going to escape to Philly. This was another red flag for the family because Tony typically was not into the nightclub scene and rarely ventured into the city, yet Crystal somehow convinced her to go. The biggest worry for the family was that in their head going out equated to drinking. And she was taking a lot of medication to battle her illness. And obviously pairing meds with alcohol can kind of become a slippery slope. Chili's really far from Lancaster too. I mean, as far as like a night out, that's, was she going to stay in the city? No, that wasn't the idea. Okay. They were plans or didn't rent out a hotel room or anything like that. 
the idea gotcha. was that they were going to come back. Mm, okay. I mean, you could take the train, but not at that time. I mean, if she was going to spend the whole night there, it, she could take the train. It would depend where she would catch it at. I don't know of um, a train location that far out, though. True. Hmm, okay. Yeah. So Donna said that she wasn't off her meds at the time of her disappearance. She claimed that Tony had been doing so well for a while. She even remembered Tony asking her the previous day to check the pillbox amounts in case she needed anything refilled. Donna also brought up the fact that Tony had been awake for an estimated 36 hours at that point, which, oh, Jesus Christ, I don't know how she does that. That's a lot of time. Yeah. A lot of time. That's not safe if she was like driving as well to be kind of that sleep deprived i couldn't even imagine being that sleep deprived i think at one point when landon was like little in the hospital i think possibly maybe i got that high but it was rough and i was nasty yeah and could not function (laughs) i'd be nasty too i wouldn't be functioning wow but then from tv shows you see that typical vigorous nurse schedule yeah i tried kind of looking into it like at least for like now and most places won't let you work more than 16 hours straight and even that is a stretch most like common shifts are 8 to 12 um granted the mom did not state if she was like literally working 36 hours straight or whatever but with bipolar disorder getting sleep deprived it can lead to manic episodes and now mania is described as a state of mind characterized by high energy excitement and euphoria over sustained periods of time i was just gonna say that like is she sure that she's taking the meds because it almost sounds like she was in a manic state to be awake for that long yeah they wouldn't they wouldn't you know schedule someone that long but if she was you know coming home and not medicated and then frantic and oh let's go party and let's do this and let's do that like your mind just doesn't donna is like super adamant that tony was not manic as she left she said she'd seen her and you know other like she's obviously seen her in manic states before and just was just 100 percent sure that she was not in that state though when i was also reading about bipolar disorder because i don't i honestly did not know a lot about it um the medication can cause you to have issues with sleeping as well so maybe she could have just been working normal shifts and then just literally could not sleep because of like the medication or even the illness it's kind of like a double-edged double-edged sword did they mention if she had maybe changed medications recently i mean i feel like that probably would have been mentioned it wasn't mentioned recently it did say that well donna had said in one of the articles that she had found such a good like i guess medication mixture that helped her because Mm -hmm. she did say it took a while to get to that state of finding like a good thing that worked and now when we say work that's quote unquote because i feel like all these medications they're just they can create other side effects that can be even bigger issues so i don't really take medication it freaks me out so (laughs) i guess just something that was able to keep her sort of normal (sighs) Yes. Or functioning in society. Is it really a normal? That's true. No. Functioning is probably a better word. Yeah. Functioning. (laughs) Probably the best combination to keep her like even, like her mood even. And I just like found out, not for like that uh, disorder, but when I was looking into possibly putting Landon on medication, apparently there's like new testing where you can test drugs with like, I don't know, I think they take a blood test and they like test certain drugs to see what would work best for you. And I've heard great things about it and terrible things about it. Like, and it's a couple thousand and insurance doesn't cover. And um, some family says it's the best thing ever. They don't have to like basically put their kid as a guinea pig and like try tons of drugs to see what works. Some family says that it was amazing. The first thing they tried worked and other family says 
it was a waste of money and didn't matter at all. So that's really interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Because that's the biggest thing for me is like, I don't want to just give Landon tons of random drugs and have all these side effects, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, medication can stop working as well. Cause you get like a tolerance to it, right? Yeah, it's possible. Like it doesn't always happen, but that, I don't know. It could have come into play here as well. Yeah, but Donna is just so adamant in everything I've read in a couple articles that she was not manic at the time that she left. So Crystal swung by Tony's house to pick her up, and they headed back to Crystal's house to finish getting ready, which was approximately 9.30, and it's to note that Tony was the one driving, and she would be the one driving for the night. Now, when Tony left, she forgot her medication at home, Hmm. which is concerning. Now, Crystal lived in West Fallowfield Township at this time. After getting ready, they hit two nightclubs. The first one was at Ice in KOP, which makes me laugh because I think my sister would go there when she was a teenager. I mean, it's been it's closed now, but um, it used to be like a thing. Where was that in KOP? It was in the Valley Forge Casino. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. I'm pretty sure uh, the first and I don't I I don't think it was the last time, but one of the first times my sister went, she actually shut her car in the door. She was so excited, <laughs> and then she couldn't go. It was the first time I think my mom. You mean her hand? Yeah, she she was like holding you on and shut the she door. She shut her car in oh. the door, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> uh, fail. <laughs> no, she shut her hand in the door. She was so excited. I guess our mom finally let her go, and she was so excited. She shut her hand in the door, and then she couldn't even go anyway. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah. I I do have a question though about her forgetting her medication because she was only meant to be gone for the night. Yeah. Right. It was what you said. So, like, did she really forget it? Because I'm on two daily medications, and I take them at the same time every day. So, by the if I were going out for the night, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take my medication with me. So, I kind of thought the same thing, but I don't know how uh, bipolar disorder works. Like, I don't know how much medication you're taking. Yeah. And from like the sound of it, like. She had, like, a couple, like, pill sort of thingers. So, okay. And, like, drinking with it, too, bring like, is another maybe not the best idea. Yeah. I watched a horror movie. I can't remember what it was, but it was about a girl who had a mental illness. And holy crap, she had so much medication that they were, like, showing, constantly having to take it. So I don't know if it's, like, the same thing. Like, I did not look into that. Yeah, I don't know a ton about bipolar disorder so i'm not sure i do know the only thing i know about it is because i knew somebody and she like everything was documented on facebook and i felt really bad for her like after the fact but um i guess she would feel so good that she could do it on her own that she'd get off and then just like derail completely i think that's pretty common yeah i mean that's pretty Mm -hmm. common with other you know mental disorders too um, yeah, because you're feeling better because of the medication. So. And you don't want to have to rely on the medication. And yeah, right. so. But yep. her mom was adamant that she was not manic and that she was like good about her medication and hadn't fallen off the train anytime recently. So once they left ICE and KOP, they then hit the G Lounge in Philly. And while there, they ended up in the VIP lounge there where they met Willie Green of the 76ers. And I have no idea who that is, but basketball player. No idea. Yeah, no idea. Not a sports Yeah, yeah I'm not. No. Mm, nope, no sports for me. Same. I have no idea. But um, 
his brother was a friend of Crystal's. So they were there, you know, partying, doing whatever. And when the club was closing, they were invited to go back to his house for like, I guess, like an after party type thing. And he lived in Gladwin. That's yeah. the main <laughs> I was, one. Yeah, I know. I, I Did I put it in there? Um, I didn't, but it was, we just talked about a case, like what's on the main line. Gladwin is on the main line and it is like so expensive there. I mean, it's like... Um, well, if he's a... Well, in the 76ers, yeah, I guess. That's true. Probably a giant Obviously, house. he can afford it. Oh, yeah. So it was like, I guess, like an affluent neighborhood. It was like nice. But when they got there, things were kind of okay to start with. But then Tony started acting really erratic. She was doing things such as she dumped, like, I guess, a really expensive bottle of champagne on the kitchen floor. She was kicking things, which kind of didn't make people happy. So she was asked to leave, oh, which is understandable. Crystal said that Tony thought some of the other partygoers were making fun of her and that's why her behavior es- ex- escalated escalated thank you <laughs> i struggle with s's was me last week i couldn't say anything oh, thank you um so apparently they were approximately asked to leave around 5 a.m and this enraged tony further at this point they were both heavily intoxicated but crystal claims that she was kind of like less <laughs> drunk than tony um, so she tried getting the keys and Tony refused to let her drive and snatch them back. At this time, there was another party goer outside, probably smoking or just getting fresh air, just kind of sitting there watching them struggle. And he made the comment that she should be careful to not hit any of the cars. I mean, obviously, because they're probably very nice, expensive cars. I live near Gladwin and it is on the main line and a very expensive area. Like I said, it is the region's third most expensive place to purchase a home. Um, and that survey was done in 2019 and i'm sure it's probably still up there wow yeah i'm expect i'm like speculating that it's due to being so close to philly and having like easy access to new york now i have zero idea why this party goer or anyone else at that party didn't call for a taxi um granted uber literally only started three months before her disappearance but being so close to the city there no doubt was taxis available even at that late hour when i would catch a train to school in norristown which is farther from philly than gladwin there would be troves of taxis like vying for clients. I mean, they were everywhere. So as they were leaving this house, Tony was on edge and miffed beyond belief. Um, They didn't even make it more than a mile. I think it was like estimated, they only made it 500 feet before she pulled over and kicked Crystal out of the car. She didn't give a reason, but demanded she get out. Crystal obliged and really thought that Tony would come back after, I guess, cooling off or something. After a couple minutes, she called multiple times, which went straight to voicemail. She was confused and too embarrassed to go back to the party to ask for help. Crystal ended up calling her nephew to come and pick her up. Later, Crystal claims Tony only had roughly a quarter of a tank in the car when they had first, like, when they were driving. So she didn't have much gas. The morning of the 23rd, Crystal called Tony's sister Candy to complain about what happened with Tony. She told the sister that she was stranded in Philadelphia and alone and that it was a messed up thing to do. She wanted to return Tony's items that she had left at her house while they, you know, were getting ready the night before. So as she's trying to set this up, Candy informed her, hey, Tony never made it back home. Candy ended up going to the West Brandywine Police Department to file a missing persons report. It later came out that no one at the party, including Crystal, knew that Tony suffered from the bipolar disorder, which really kind of surprised me. Like, I don't know. Do you not tell anybody because you're embarrassed? It's probably not something that came up. And if she was shit-faced, like, they probably just thought it was that. I just don't know why Crystal wouldn't have known. Well, they had fallen out for a while, right? They did. Yeah. So maybe that was... 
before her official diagnosis. I don't quite remember the timeline exactly, but... It doesn't state exactly when she was diagnosed, but that could be it, but... I mean, I have PTSD and I don't introduce myself. Hey, I'm Amanda. I have PTSD. I kind of think that way too. Like if I haven't talked to someone for quite a long time and then they come back in my life and I'm like, hey, did you know that I suffer from depression? How are you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. And maybe that's why they had the falling out to begin with, because she was having these like mood swings and Crystal didn't know what to, how to take it. That's another good point. Didn't think about that. Yeah. And the fact that she's drinking, like she could have been double, you know, when you're on medication yeah, and then you drink on medication, any type Mm. of mood elevator and alcohol just don't mix. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why everyone at the party really just assumed that her erratic behavior was due to the alcohol. And I mean, I don't drink that much, but I I mean, I've seen videos online of people acting so fucking stupid while being drunk. Like, I mean, if that's all she did, like compared to what I've seen, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't know. So, yeah, but everyone did say like if they would have known, they obviously wouldn't have let her drive off. Or, you know, they would have tried to get help. It's it's tough. Some of Tony's close friends say that she would have never dumped someone on a dark street in Philly, regardless if she was manic or inebriated. Though, what are your thoughts on this? Like, I don't really drink and like I've never been drunk, but I did live with an alcoholic and they were a completely different person once they passed from the tipsy phase to the trash phase. Like, not everyone's that bubbly outgoing person that some some just become nasty. <laughs> I'm the type of person that even like when I'm drunk, I still feel the need to take care of other drunk people. So I can't, first of all, I would never be driving drunk. Yeah. So I can't even say if I would kick someone out of my car because I wouldn't be doing it. But, uh, but would you do something, would you do something when you were drunk that you would never do when you were sober? Yeah. Probably not put anyone in harm's way though like i'm sure there are things that i would do drunk but not sober but to like leave someone on a dark street or you know leave my even to leave my friend at a party where you know i didn't know if they could get home i don't think i would do that yeah but i it's so hard to say it's like varies by person i think we have to think too like If she was, if this person is saying she would never do it and they've seen her in a manic stage and they've also seen her drunk, have they seen her drunk on prescriptions or have they seen her drunk before all of this? Because prescriptions, I think, can really change how someone's going to act on medication, like medication and alcohol. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, obviously it only like lists like the bare minimum on that, but it's, I don't know. And are we sure she didn't do any drugs, too? I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, at yeah, someone that high profile probably definitely has access to that. And I'm sure there's probably other high yeah. profile possibly people there from the community. Imagine if she was on like bipolar medication, alcohol and like, say, cocaine or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, she would probably could probably do some wild shit. And even when people say like, oh, this person ne- would never do this. Sometimes they just don't know. So, yeah. I feel like you never 100% know somebody. You just know a portion of that person. Like, everyone has a different version yeah. of you in their head. Like, how you think of yourself is not the same way that other people think of you at all. Yeah, that's true. That's a crime junkie rule, I think, that you you never know anyone. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of something, I guess something to think, I don't know. I. It sounds like Crystal was like the party pooper and Tony was ready to go party. So she like dumped her to go somewhere else. That's a possibility. It's kind of the, the thought that I'm getting out of it. And this is all just based on Crystal's account. Right. Yes. Because uh, and some party goers, all the party goers were um, questioned. Okay. Gotcha. Her friends also definitely don't believe that Crystal would have gone out willingly. They believe she would have started like a physical altercation because that's just kind of the person she was. I mean, I'd be freaking pissed. I'd probably like third. I mean, I wouldn't want to be left in the middle of freaking Philly. Right. Being trashed. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the only thing that is like 100% clear is that Tony was acting like extremely erratic and it, that just wasn't Crystal's like point of view. Everyone in the party had made the exact same comments. Um, there's also questions of like how far could she like technically make it if she was that trash and didn't have gas. Like couldn't make it really far. Uh, there was never an accident reported, and her 2002 Black Pontiac Grand Prix has never been found. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. This is another one from Philly where people's cars has not been found. But also, like, <laughs> I have a Sonata that has, like, a gigantic gas tank for, like, 18 gallons, but on a quarter tank, I could make it fairly far. Mm-hmm. I could probably go, like, 100 miles if I'm, like, at the very end, like, cruising on fuel. So, Amanda so. is going to laugh at me because, first off, I'm not a car person, but I am. Um, I used to be, like, really, like, diligent on, like, filling up my tank, but now I have a CRV. It's an older, it's 2006, and it has on the, like, gas thing to, like, the gauge or whatever, it has, like, little bars to indicate how much you have. I have estimated each bar stands for eight minutes. <laughs> I, I mean, I've come that close. And so I know how far I can get by how many bars. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. <laughs> I am typically like, I'm usually make sure I get gas at like a quarter of a tank. I don't, tr- I try not to go below that. My husband will say otherwise, but, um, I was working in Halifax one night on my way home and I have, um, I had a 2016 GMC and when you took your foot off of, you put your foot on the brake at a red light, the engine shuts off. Four o'clock in the morning, I'm driving home and I get to the red light to like turn to come into the town I live in and my engine shuts off and I'm like, oh my God, my husband is going to kill me. I'm going to, I'll push this to sheets. I am not calling him. And I let my foot off the, the brake and it actually starts again. I was like, oh my God, it was too close. It was too close. So I, I try not to. I try to be good. I really do. I, I wouldn't want to be calling my husband to come get me either. Cause he'd be pretty pissed. Yeah. We went to New York and I guess I didn't realize how low I was on gas. I don't really think about those things. It's a problem. And my aunt and uncle don't live in towns that are close to other people or like gas stations. And we got got there and we had less than a quarter and the closest place was 30 minutes away for gas. We like coasted into like the gas station. I was like, if this was any further, it'd be a problem. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. You'd be pushing that car. But anyway... I feel like a Grand Prix could make it home on a quarter of a tank. I mean, you think? Yeah, I mean, there's six. Usually, there were six cylinders, and um, they have pretty a pretty big, not huge gas tank, but I think you can make it home from Lancaster on that. Hmm. To Lancaster, not from. Yeah. 
Yeah, but her car was never found, um, which is crazy. Her last text was with her daughter at 3 a.m. of the t- on the 23rd. Uh, her daughter was having trouble sleeping and texted her. Her mom replied saying, I hope you can get some sleep. See you soon. Love you, babe. Like, then you never, like, see her again? No. Like, that's awful. <laughs> and um, it's reported that Tony's phone was turned off around 4 a.m. that night and never turned back on. Were there any records of, like, her getting on the turnpike or anything? Take the no. turnpike or the Sherkill Expressway. It doesn't state which way they went. I would assume that they would have taken that. Um, but there was like no definite answer for that. Zana and Peter have doubts about what really happened in the hours leading up to her disappearance. Peter really thinks something happened at the house party. Now, Donna thinks it is a possibility that Tony simply got lost. The closest access to the expressway only has an eastbound ramp. If she ended up going the wrong direction, she could have wound up in Camden, New Jersey. Which is like, apparently Camden is like the worst place to be. That's where the other, the couple missing from Philly, that's where everyone thought they ended up. Real quick side note, my husband and I went to Atlantic City and we took our son to the beach there for the first time. And on the way back, I didn't have cash and I thought like they would take a credit card at the toll which is not true and i had that same brand new freaking car and my husband's yelling at me because we have to go find a gas station to get money out and the police show up and they escorted my husband into the gas station to get money out while people walked around my car looking like they were going to steal it and the guy with my our, our son in the back who's not even a year old and they're like you need to get back like follow me do not stop anywhere. Do not unlock your doors and get back on the highway and don't ever come in here again. Oh my oh yeah. God. It's not a good area. Yeah. True story. It's yeah. And I had no idea Camden was like that. My husband's like, yeah, it's, it's bad. Oh, it's terrible. It is absolutely terrible. I have a cousin. She took me to a concert in high school. Um, my family does this really big thing where they don't actually show you love. They buy your love, if that makes sense. Mm. She um, took me to a concert and we were leaving and somehow she got lost in Camden. And I was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> And it was, like, the roughest, like, she was just going in circles around Camden. She didn't have, like, a GPS at that time. And I'm just like, we're dying tonight. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's not a good area at all. So I feel like a car could disappear and a girl oh, yeah. in Camden. Easily. Easy. But I'm still, after 11 years or 12 or however long it's been, I, no sign of the car ever? Chopping. Well, well, we'll get into it. There's like, uh, we'll get oh, into okay. it. All right. So with Donna thinking that she simply got lost, the closest access to Expressway only had like the eastbound ramp. Like I said, uh, she ended up going into the wrong direction. It would go into Camden. Now, if she did go into Camden and met foul play or had an accident, one of the cops have been called or like, when don't you find the car? It is Camden. So like, probably not. <laughs> but it's just like you would think. I don't. How could she make it that far being that drunk? Like that's my biggest thing. True. Like the that that um um that ramp is like so tiny. I've been on it so many times. Um and like the merge lane is so short. I always feel like I'm going to get hit. It's a terrible terrible ramp. Like I couldn't even imagine doing that drunk. I have but no we're idea. Also talking like five o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's true. But then you had to think. There's tons of people. Right. Five, was it five in the morning? No. no, it was five. It was like they right? got kicked out at yeah. 5 a.m. So I would want to say it's between five and 530 ish. But then you have to uh, think people are getting ready to go, to, go to, work. to work. So and the thing is, it's easy to get accidentally take that ramp. I first time I went to a club the first and last time 
I had snuck out in high school and we were dumbasses. We Google map printed how to get there. Do you think we did it? How to get back? Hell no, because that would have been smart. <laughs> and we almost ended up going the eastbound way and end up in Gamden. Um, so it's really easy because like there's not two ramps or you have to like drive a little bit to find the ramp to get back. You hear that Philly fix your ramps. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You can really get if you're not from Philly, you can really get lost and go some fun places. <laughs> but since that night, there has been zero activity on all of her accounts. There was mm-hmm. speculation that she had driven into the Schuylkill River due to her state of mind, but there was an extensive search by Texas EquiSearch, which failed to turn up any trace of the car or Tony. I feel like you might know this for multiple reasons, Amanda, but like, would it be possible to drive into a river and like you would never find the car? I mean, is that possible? Um, yeah. I mean, it's going to sink after all the. The ox- and, like, if you're trying to get out, depending on how murky and stuff the water is, yeah, you can miss it. Mm-hmm. Typically, like, I mean, they would, I don't, I would think that if, like, a team came and searched, they would do, like, a grid search and look. So you would think, but depending on where she went in, like, maybe they weren't in the right area. I know gotcha. Sarah had said, it would be a question I can ask my husband. He would know a lot better than me. But I know Sarah said that she, her and um, B like to watch that that show where they I guess do like rescue diving and stuff and there was a mm-hmm. car and they looked around and they didn't see anything and then they came back through hours later and the car showed up so I think it's oh, definitely yeah. I think it's definitely possible because it's you know it's a trash pit unfortunately people throw all kinds of shit in there mm-hmm. and if she was stuck in the car it's not like she's ever going to float to the surface where you would usually see that like after a few days that's true so I think it's definitely a possibility. Hmm. But like, were there any signs of her actually, like where she would drive off into the river? Yeah, I no, not like... somewhere you might see like skid marks or something. I mean, maybe not if she didn't hit the brakes, but I don't know. No, there's nothing reported. And usually there's like guardrails next to yeah. it. Are there places where you can like just fall in the river with a car? I mean, you'd have to go through some stuff, (laughs) but that would be noticeable. Yeah. I did see a crazy case where, so for my full-time job, I work a lot with like Google and apparently this guy was like doing uh, utility work and having to use Google and he noticed like a dark spot in, I guess, like a lake or something in like a community. I think I read about this. Yeah. Yeah. And found, and it was decades old. And it was a car. He called the car. It must have been the craziest, like, police call ever. <laughs> Actually, I want to say that he tried calling and they kind of were like, yeah, okay. Then he had a, then he had a friend that lived semi-close to there and she called the police while she was there and they uh, got someone to come out and they pulled it out and it was, they ended up solving like a really long, uh, forever long cold case. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Just from being in Google. I mean, you see the craziest stuff in Google. I mean, I heard there's like... I guess, I don't know where it was, but some guy was a serial killer and you could see him where he was burying them in Google Maps over a certain period of time or where he would like dig and then like put the dirt down and stuff like that. I don't know if anyone else has heard about oh that. Oh my God. Yeah. You can see um, crazy stuff in Google. Yeah. I know that you can, you can like write to them. There are some form you can fill out where you can have them black out your house. So like, mm-hmm. you know how they have like the street view. I think we saw that in one of the other cases. I think it was like what, Anna um rodnick rock was it anna's case 
I but anyway, remember. they like make it fuzzy so you can't see the house, which is kind of cool. The Google car went through my neighborhood the other day. I was thinking about doing some crazy shit, but I couldn't think on my feet. <laughs> they technically blur your face out and like anything like with numbers or words on it. Um, and people can actually do it on, you can get paid to like, I guess, rollerblade, bike or skateboard um, and get Google view and stuff like that. Hmm. Because companies wow. like Pico and other utility companies like really need that to like do designs and stuff like that because it's cheaper than paying to have someone out go and survey it. I feel like that would give me a reason to ride a bike outside. <laughs> You would think more people would do it. There are so many areas, especially like not in like populated towns that definitely need it. For, like haven't had it done since like 2012, 2006. It's rough. Do they pay well? I'll do it. I have no idea. <laughs> I can find out I'll for Google you. I'll it. <laughs> anyway. So a month after the disappearance, a camera mounted on a police car in Camden recorded a passing vehicle with Tony's license plate number, but the authorities couldn't identify what state the plates were from. There was a search of the area, but her car was never found. Some people think that someone like made a license plate specifically with her numbers on it, kind of to be like an evil prank. Um, which if that is the case, it's just like pretty heartbreaking because people really suck. But, um, her car was never turned up. That shouldn't be surprising to me somehow, but it is. I mean, because of, you know, when people call in fake ransoms to families who have missing children or stuff like that. I mean, people do some really evil shit. Oh, they definitely do. I feel like it was just a plate switch. I feel like it was, if she went into Camden that they just switched the plate with something else. Because think about it, back then, you had the little stickers to say that your car was registered. And if you were driving, like if it was on a car that might have been stolen, if you switch another license plate, like they just play the license plate game. That's what uh, it kind of sounds like to me. Yeah, who knows? I'm not sure. I mean, it was like the first and last time that that number got like pulled by like a uh, camera or anything. In 2012, a letter came postmarked from Trenton, New Jersey, claiming a friend offered the writer 5000 to move a black Pontiac Grand Prix from Brookhaven, New Jersey to Boston, Massachusetts in September 2009. And to note, Brookhaven is only roughly 10 minutes from Camden. This quote unquote friend was a cop in, who worked in Camden and he stated that he got into a fight with a girl and she died. This friend was desperate to get the car out of Jersey, and this letter also stated that the quote-unquote friend gave him the car's license plate number and her social security card. The writer provided the last five digits of the VIN, her cell phone number, and the license plate number. This has been the last piece of, like, information the police have gotten involving Tony, and the police think that it's a fake letter, just another prank, though all the information he provided about her personal numbers were correct. That's really what? bizarre. Yeah. It could have just been someone, like, close to the family or, I mean, I mean... Knowing someone's VIN is kind of weird. Yeah. I could tell you. I could tell you're a VIN right now. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if you could then, but um, my system for work, I just have to put in a license plate. I can do any license plate in the States, any of the States, and put in like where it's from, and I can pull the VIN and everything about that vehicle. Well, damn. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah. So I could so like it's not like it's that hard to get it, but if you're giving out social security stuff, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Cell phone number, license plate. Did they give her the social security number or no? Um, he didn't put it in the letter, but he claimed he had it. Hmm. So what did he want for this? Nothing. 
Like just he was just letting them know just to say, hey, like, haha, I know some information and I'm going to be a shitbag and not tell you. Well, he gave them the letter. He sent them the letter and he remained anonymous. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. And it was like the last thing. Um, now, Aline Law has been helping the family as a private investigator and took the case on as pro bono. She fills her office with sharpless reminders to always keep the case kind of like as a priority. Uh Eileen talked to Crystal, and she fully believes the story that Crystal tells, though the family is still adamant that Crystal knows more than what she's saying. Eileen thinks that since there has been so many sightings in Camden near neighborhoods with prostitution and drugs that there's a possibility of sex trafficking. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. And Eileen kind of just says, you know, some cases just kind of stick with you. And she says this one really pulls at her heartstrings and that she will work on it until she finds closure for the family or she dies, which is intense. But um, at least there's wonderful people who will work for free because I'm sure it gets expensive. Police say that Willie and Crystal cooperated with the investigation and both passed polygraph tests. Police do not believe that any of the people at the party had anything to do with her disappearance as well. She was legally declared dead by her family. Tony is a white female with brown hair and blue slash gray eyes. She is five feet, five inches and approximately weighs 135 pounds. At the time of her disappearance, her hair was dyed red. She was last seen wearing a turquoise shirt, black tights, black sandals, and turquoise earrings. She has a tattoo on her right calf. If you have any information that could help detectives find Tony, please call the West Brandywine Police Department at 610-380-8201 or the Lower Marion Township Police Department at 610-649-1000. That's all we have for this episode of Keystone Cold Cases Podcast. Please remember never to reach out to family or friends of the victims, only to law enforcement if you have any tips. This episode was researched and hosted by Chelsea Brown. Find all of our sources, social media connections, and contact information at kccpod.com. The music and production assistance from Darren Makins. Join us again next week for another case to sleuth out.